0: Thank you so much for choosing to listen to the Refuge podcast today. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Now here's an inspiring message from one of our leaders or pastors that will help you grow in your relationship with God.
1: So today's message, how to overcome. So if you open your Bibles, to Psalms 2711, we want to look at that, and this is kind of our theme verse for this particular series. Uh, we are living in a how-to generation, whether it's auto repair, whether it's um, uh, home repairs, whether it's projects. Uh, even if you want to start uh, raising bees and, and you know, raising honey, you know, there's a how-to for that. Uh, there's a how-to to build a house to build a garage, even to build the marriage, even, you know, relational things are all on the how-tos readily available. Now, what have you done because you found out how to do it? And, I'm, and that's something you can just think about. I'm sure you can make a list of the things that you've done because of a how-to. You found out how to do it and so you done it or did it, proper English. And so in this series, we're going to be exploring the how-tos in our Christian walk. And there's many of them. We're going to touch on some of them. And so many times people are looking for formulas. Uh, but really, they're looking for a cure. They're looking for 20 steps to lose weight or things like that. There's, there's all kinds of formulas. And so I'm not going to necessarily be giving you formulas. I'm going to be giving you principles so that you can learn how to live this Christian life and really walk with God, okay? So Psalms 27, 11, the psalmist writes, teach me how to live. Well, that's pretty basic right there. <laughs> oh Lord, lead me along the right path for my enemies are waiting for me. Now we know there's enemies out there trying to take advantage of us in a society and this is more like, uh, can be just not people that are out to necessarily kill you, but the enemies that we face, that are trying to take us off the path that God has for us. But the psalmist says, teach me how to live, Lord. See, I think sometimes when we just come to God in that simplicity, Lord, teach me how to live this life. Show me what I need to do. Lead me in the right path. Because the issue is being on the right path. Because so many times we get on the wrong path and that's where the devastation begins in our life and things begin to go wrong. So God wants us on the right path. We see another verse in Titus and, and notice in that verse there's the how-to phrase. Also Titus 1.1 and it starts out, the apostle Paul is writing, he says, this letter is from Paul, a slave of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ. I have been sent to proclaim faith to those God has chosen and to teach them how to know the truth that shows them how to live or to know the truth that shows them how to live godly lives. And see, that's kind of my motivation in this series is the same with the Apostle Paul in that verse, how to live a godly life. How can we do that? And that's from the New Living Translation, that particular passage we just read. So how to overcome I, I wanted to give maybe a little backdrop of the book of Ecclesiastes. Now, Ecclesiastes is, a, is in the Old Testament. It's written by a man named Solomon who was known to be the wisest man of his generation. I mean, he had wisdom that was extraordinary. He could do a lot of things, and he prayed for wisdom, and God gave him great wisdom and insight to a lot of things. And so in, in his writings, though, in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, it's like he's just sharing and, and putting this out there out of a frustration because of everything that may be wrong in his life and what he knows, what he doesn't know, and just his, his general overall struggle of living out his life. And so he writes the beginning of Ecclesiastes, Vanity of vanities, says the preacher, Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What does man gain by all the toil at which he toils under the sun? In other words, I'm doing all this work, doing all this stuff. What's it worth? You know, and it's all vain. You know, what's the purpose? And so we need to understand this. In this statement, Solomon is sharing kind of how people in general at times can feel about life? And maybe you felt that way too. Maybe there's a time that you can relate. Yeah, this, what's, and maybe even today. You, say, you know, I work all week, I do this, and, and, and then I'm just frustrated, I'm miserable. What is my life accomplishing? What real purpose is there for living? We understand that the basic theme of Ecclesiastes is the futility of life apart from God. Okay, we need to understand that Solomon in his quest for wisdom comes to some real conclusions that direct our attention to God, where we look to God. If we're in that place that is just described in those in those verses, Solomon is really telling us. And as you read the whole uh, book of Ecclesiastes is that life has no answers or that life is totally useless or meaningless unless God is part of that equation, okay? And so his message is, is that meaning and significance can only be found in knowing God, okay? That's important to understand. And there is not a day that will pass that you won't be facing something that will challenge you. There's going to be an opportunity. There's going to be a difficulty. There's going to be something that you have to deal with, even if it's getting up in the morning. Setting off that alarm and getting out of bed. How many times would you just like to stay in bed? Maybe this morning. This morning the alarm went off. I did not want to get up. You know, um, that reminds me of another joke. <laughs> there was a mom that went to wake up her son. She said, son, you got to get up and go to church. I don't want to get up. I want to stay home today. And after just continuing to say, son, get up, go to church. I said, oh, I don't know. I just don't want to go today. I don't feel like it. You know, it's probably going to be too long. It's going to, you know, I just don't feel like going to church this morning. Finally, the mom says, you have to because you're the pastor. Yeah. Yeah, there was a time when I was single and I actually lived with my parents at home. That did not happen, but um, but it could have maybe. Okay, that was way in the day back in 1984. You know that kind of dates me. But so whatever test or trial we face, whether it's spiritual, whether it's mental, whether it's physical or relational. We need to understand that we're living in a fallen world which, is, which subjects us to temptation and there's a battle between light and darkness. We're, we're facing that. So now life struggles are common to all of us and the cares of this life can sometimes seem to be absolutely overwhelming. But we serve a God who has made a way and given us answers to overcome and to live life victoriously. Do you believe that? So we must view challenges as opportunities to overcome in this life. And let me define for you real quickly what overcome means. Overcome defined is to succeed in dealing with a problem or a difficulty. Question, does anyone have a problem or a difficulty? Okay, we all do, okay? Raise your hand, okay? Overcome defined is to prevail in spite of adversity. Even though something's going wrong, to overcome is to prevail in spite of what you're dealing with. Okay? Overcome defined is to gain an advantage or victory over. And that victory over can be over anything. You know, victory over, um, think of something fear, uh, hatred, um, temptation. You could just make your own list. And said, also, overcome defined is to be successful at solving a problem or defeating an opponent or to be consumed with something. That's another element of it. To be overcome, you just consume. I'm overwhelmed. This is too much. You can be overcome with something life-changing, such as the presence of God. And that's what I desire for you is to be overcome with his presence, to be overcome with his goodness, to be overcome with his blessings so that you can be a blessing. So how to overcome? Well, there's three S's we want to address here. It's sin, Satan, and self. Those are three things that we need to overcome, okay? Uh, Because sometimes it's you are the problem and, and you get in the way because of selfishness. Uh, And Satan, we know he's an enemy. He's a real uh, personality that we contend with. He's not some fable. He's not some mystical figure. He is a real being that is a fallen being that is trying to destroy you and me and everything that God intended for good. So, and then sin, which is that corruption that has infected the entire human race. In first John 2:16 we see the passage, for all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, and the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the father, but it's from the world. And the world here is talking about the system that's ruled by evil, that's ruled by Satan, by our enemy. And so, with that in mind, I want to share with you three important things we need to know about overcoming. Okay, you ready? If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Number one, we must earnestly desire to overcome. Again, it begins with a desire. Because you can stay in your place of bondage. You can stay right where you're at in your complacency, and nothing will change. And things will not get better. They will most likely get worse. And so you need to earnestly desire to overcome, or you will never be free you will never overcome if you don't have a desire to. It starts with a want to. When your dissatisfaction for your present condition exceeds your complacency and your willingness to put up with that mess, then you will overcome. You've got to get sick of being sick, okay? You gotta, you just, I'm, I'm fed up with this. I don't wanna live this way anymore. I don't want to live in fear. I don't want to live in doubt. I don't want to live in addiction. I don't want to live in this bondage because this sin is destroying my life and the relationships around me. And so, you know, how long are you going to put up with that? You might say, overcome what? Well, it's identifying what you're dealing with that you need to Overcome. And I believe in your mind, you can quickly make that list. Yeah, I need, to do, I need to deal with this. I need to deal with that. I need to deal with this other thing. And, and something that maybe we can all uh, come on the same page with, deal with overeating. You know, that's, that's an issue all of us may share at one time or another. We deal with that, you know, uh, not properly stewarding the food that's before us, okay? And uh, so there's... Sometimes we can abuse that stuff, okay? But there's there's a whole lot more serious issues, okay? I'm just throwing that out there as an example. So now the main reason people don't overcome in life is what? And this is very profound. The main reason people don't overcome in life is because they don't really want to. That might be simple, but that's, the simplicity of it all, okay? They just don't want to. Their desire their, hasn't got to the place to move them out of that place of bondage. Now, their dissatisfaction for their present life hasn't caused them to just get fed up and it's time to get out of this, okay? And so, what's on your list? That's a question. We must first identify the what, And then we can focus on the how. Is it sin, sickness, disease? Is it failure? Is it defeat? Is it oppression and bondage, depression, sadness, rejection, loneliness, persecution, addiction, fear, worry, anxiety? These are just a few things. Now, I'm going to show you something personal. I was only 18 years old at the time and I just had graduated from high school. And I planned to visit my older brother, who was at that time stationed at Mountain Home Air Force Base in Idaho, southwest Idaho. And so I'm planning this road trip. I have my 1967 Chevy Impala fire engine red. I mean, I messed with that motor. We, we put um, four-barrel Holly carburetor on there. I mean, things like, what's a carburetor, you know? But... You know, so we, we did some things to that to, you know, make it kind of a fun car, even though it was still an Impala, you know. And so uh, I actually bought it from my brother. He did most of the work to fix it up, put headers on there. And, you know, it sounded like a monster, you know. You know, um, you even had these air shocks. You could pump it up and really jack up the back end. It really look cool driving down the road, you know. So in the day anyway, probably today I'd look like a fool, you know. Um, so I get out now you need to understand that uh, as a young man I had severe insecurity and see I would hide behind that insecurity and I would say I'm shy that's why I'm the way I am I'm just a shy very very introvert and very very shy but the real issue was insecurity and fear I worried about everything. And so I'm going on this road trip, and I'm driving. And as I'm driving, I can't even enjoy the drive because I'm thinking, what if something breaks on the car? What if I get a blowout? And I'm thinking all the things that could possibly happen. And I'm just like tense, full of anxiety. And I'd never been on a long trip. I got as far as North Dakota, North Dakota. And I decided for whatever reason to take the north route. I'm not sure why there's, there's South Dakota, North Dakota, or you can go through Wyoming. Wyoming was pretty boring. So I took the north route because it was a little more scenic, uh, driving on um, I-90. And get to North Dakota, and I found a, a little hotel. And it was, uh, it was a hotel that it didn't, you know, what do they, it's not really called a hotel, it's called a motel, motel. there you go, motel. And I think it was about $12 to stay in that motel. And so I parked my vehicle right in front, In you know, so I paid the money, got my room, and I go in there, and I'm totally afraid. Every five or ten minutes, I'm looking at the car because I don't want anybody to break into the car. And, and then it's time to go to bed. I got to get some sleep. I couldn't sleep because I'm worried that somebody's going to break into the car. And I was, like, constantly tormented and thinking... Because mom wasn't there to comfort me. I was all by myself. And, and so, and, and see, I, I kind of was, well, I hate to admit it, but I was known as mama's boy. <laughs> and part of that was because I dealt with a lot of sickness at an early age. And, and some of my insecurity was I can remember as a young child being in the hospital dealing with pneumonia. I had pneumonia eight times the first five years of my life, just to tell you this, this. And I'd be there in the hospital, and when my mom would leave me, I felt like my heart was being torn out. And, and, and she'd come back the next day, but when she'd leave me, I felt alone. I felt abandoned. I felt, and, and I believe that fed into my insecurities. And in fact, you know, when we would have, we, we lived on the Stuart Road, and the Stuart Road, it's just the granite road, and if somebody drives by, you know, once a day, twice a day, that's, that's pretty good, you know. We, there's days that nobody would drive by a house. I mean, we're out there in the boonies north of Junction City, you know. And so if I was in the front yard, and all of a sudden the car turns around the corner, and it's about a half a mile down, I could see the car about a half a mile away, I'd run in the house because I was afraid. I was scared. I didn't want anybody to see me, and and so I and then I can remember people coming over, and I'd literally run hide behind my mom, and I'd i just hide behind her. She was my shelter to protect me uh, from the guests that were coming into our home. I mean, I was extremely shy, and, and my mom, oh, he's just a shy boy. He's just you know, but realizing that that was based on fear and insecurity. That was an issue in my life that I needed to overcome. Especially when I came into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, there was a work of God that began to transform me because if I would not have overcome my insecurity, I would not be standing before you today and ministering the word of God. And so the things you overcome allow you to step into places and do things that you never thought you would be capable of doing. But it's by God's strength and his help. He wants to put you in places. He wants to use you in ways that would totally blow your mind. And I don't even like to use that expression in, in light of, um, of, of that issue um, in our nation today with so many people being uh, killed. But it would, it, it would you, you wouldn't comprehend, hardly comprehend what God could do for you unless you give him a chance to let him do something through you. So, um, enough about that. I'm just glad that that's been broken in my life. Psalms, actually Romans 8.37, and we can look at this. Romans 8.37 says, In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Now, if you read that within this context, it's talking about all the negative things that can happen in our lives all the junk, all the difficulties, all the challenges. In light of all those things, he makes us more than conquerors, giving us what we need to be able to overcome any situation that we are confronted with. So now... I think I'm getting ahead of myself. Did I give you the first point? Okay. Okay. All right. Number one, we must earnestly desire to overcome. Number two, it's who you know. What we need about what we need to know about overcoming is, it's about who you know. It's having right relationships. In First John chapter two, verse three, actually verse thirteen. First John two thirteen. Uh, John is writing. And he states, I'm writing to you fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I'm writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you children, because you know the father. So we see a couple of things working in this passage. We see the statement that you've overcome. But it's all in the context of knowing the father. It's knowing Jesus in that context there is overcoming force that is extended to our life, okay? And so we overcome because of who we know. See, it's who you know that determines whether you overcome the evil one. In First John 4, 4, and I love this passage. The first time I really got a hold of this, it transformed my life. It says, little children, and we can all consider ourselves the little children, You know, think about the Apostle Paul speaking to an adult congregation or John talking to this adult congregation. And little children, you know. And and in one sense, we're little children in God's eyes, okay? So that's, that's nice. But it says, little children, you are from God and have overcome them for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. See, the greater one lives in you. When you're in right relationship with Jesus Christ, the greater one lives inside of you. And that is what will allow you to overcome. And notice this scripture is actually in the past tense. Uh, John is making a statement of what is. And see, we can make a statement of our life. We have overcome because greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. His greatness is in us so that we can deal with everything outside of us, okay? And then number three, we overcome by giving our life to the one who overcame for us. We overcome by giving our life to the one who overcame for us. And this is the how-to. If you want to know how to overcome, this is where it is. It's surrender. It's giving your life to the one, Jesus Christ, who overcame for you. He didn't overcome for himself. He overcame for you and I. See, the result is that sin's power will be broken in your life when you overcome. When you begin to live the life of the overcomer, sin will lose its power and control over you because really that is the single thing that has corrupted our lives, the sin nature, which was imposed upon us through the fall. See, sin and the effects of sin brought us into bondage. It brought bondage to mankind. It brought fear, anxiety, pride, lust, hate. All that is tied into sin. Now, sin is either overcoming you or you are overcoming sin. But God wants you to overcome sin. So you can't do it apart from right relationship or a connection to God. I want you to turn with me to Romans chapter 6. We're going to look at a few verses there. Uh, I love Romans 6. I encourage you to read the whole chapter because Romans 6 is actually talking about overcoming sin. And it's talking about what Jesus did so that we could overcome sin so that it would no longer be a dominating control or influence in our life. Okay? Okay. And so Romans 6, starting at verse 12, it says, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make, it, to make you obey its passions. In other words, you need to decide, I'm not going to let sin rule in my body anymore. You need to make that decision because you have a free will, you have a choice. Verse 13, and this is what you have to do if you're not going to let it sin, you have to do something with your Members it says, do not present your members as sin, as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God, to those who have been brought from death to life. And your members, your members is, is in reference to your physical body, your arms, your feet, your eyes, every part of your body, you know, that would be a part or involved in any kind of sin. Okay, Your members are involved to sin, but there's a greater purpose for you than to sin. It's to live for God, okay? And that's what we see here. And so, and your instruments, your members to God, in verse 13, as instruments for righteousness. In other words, what we once gave over to be used to commit sin, now we give over to serve God and live right before him. Because that... That's what righteousness is. It's simply living right before God. And then verse 14, I love this. It says, for sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law but under grace. And grace is God's enabling power to cause you to overcome sin. God's grace gives you the ability to resist and overcome temptation And to no longer be under the dominion and control of sin. Sin's power should not be your master. One translation says that sin will no longer be a master over you. Sin, verse 14, will no longer have dominion over you. Since you are not under the law, but under God's grace, his enabling power. And then there's an incentive. There's a great incentive for all of us, for those who are overcomers. Because today, by faith, I declare you as a people to be overcomers because that's God's desire for you. If you follow him, if you give your heart to him, the outcome is that you will be an overcomer. Revelation 3.21, to him who overcomes, that's you, that's me, I will grant to sit with me on my throne As I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. What an invitation. What an incentive. He's saying, I'm going to share my throne with you. You're going to rule and reign with me. So, should that motivate you to overcome? I mean, he's ruling the universe. Does he need help to rule the universe? No, but he wants to share that experience, that opportunity with you it would be no different than if somebody on the a, on a 747 came up to you, and the passenger, Kurt, um, the pilot, he's doing his number in the restroom, why don't you join me in the cockpit and sit up there with me, and, and I'll just show you a few things of what it's like to be up there front. Would, would you say, yeah, cool, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't turn that down. And until the co-pilot comes back, you know. But, you know, so God's giving us that kind of invitation. And then at the very end of the Bible, in chapter 21, book of Revelation, verse 7, this is how God concludes this whole message that's been given to us. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. See God has a lot that He wants to share with us for those who are overcomers. So I don't know about you. I want to be an overcomer. This morning, I want to extend an invitation, and I want you to think about what is God speaking to you through this message? Maybe it's that you know areas that you, you are in bondage that you need to overcome, but you've been struggling, you've been battling and it's acknowledging that, and it's desiring to be free. That's so important. In John 16, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And this is about the time of the Last Supper. And he makes this statement. He said, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. We need to understand because Jesus overcame the world. He did that for us so that we could overcome the world. That gives us hope. That gives us encouragement. That gives us help. 1 John 5, 5, another powerful verse says, Who is it that overcomes the world? Except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Wow, we overcome by putting our faith in Jesus, by trusting him, by looking to him, by giving our hearts to him, our lives to him. Isn't that profound? You might say, I didn't think it was that easy. Well, you know, the reason it's easy is because he did all the work. It was his effort. And you are the benefactors of the effort that Jesus made to save us, to deliver us and to make us more than a conqueror. You know, Romans 8.37, I shared that verse with you a little earlier. You know what it means to be more than a conqueror? Well, let me give you an illustration. Muhammad Ali, prize fighter. You know, the the guy won world championships. Would you say he's a conqueror? How many of you would say he's a conqueror? Yeah, he's a conqueror. When he comes home with that trophy he comes home with that prize money and he gives it to his wife. Guess what? She's more than a conqueror. Do you know why? Because she didn't have to fight to receive that prize. She didn't have to fight to receive that victory. All she had to do was accept it. And see, that's how it is with God. We accept the victory that Jesus won for us so that we can be made more than a conqueror, hallelujah. And then 1 John 5, 4, the last verse before we close this morning, it says, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. It's our faith in Jesus that causes us to overcome to overcome the world's influence that's negative, that's wicked, that's evil, to overcome sin, to overcome Satan, to overcome temptation, to overcome addictions. That's through faith in Him. We're born of God. We receive His nature.
0: Thank you so much for listening to The Refuge Podcast. To find out more information about who we are and to listen to more inspirational messages, you can visit us online at wearefuge.net.
1: With every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around right now, maybe you are here and you say, I know my life is not right with God. In fact, I'm really struggling right now with so many things. And I know and something the Lord showed me this morning before the service, some of you have one foot in both worlds. You're trying to serve God, but you've still got one foot in the world. You're, you're trying to appease the world and you're trying to appease God. You can't do it. God wants you to totally surrender and yield to him and say, I'm done with the world. All I want is you, God. All I want is you in my life. And, and, and the fact is, God would use you to, to reach people that are in the world, but you're not of the world anymore when you're in Christ because you're born of God. If you're here today and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I'm ready to surrender my life to God, to give my heart to Him. I haven't been living for God, but now I want to. If that's you, lift your hand. We're going to pray with you and for you. Anyone this morning? Thank you. All right. Maybe here this morning you say, Pastor, you know, I'm struggling in areas of my life where I have not overcome, but I want to be free. So I want to surrender more fully today so that I can walk in freedom. If that's you, lift your hand. A lot of hands all over. Thank you for being honest. Let's stand up together. We're gonna pray this prayer together. And as we pray, I want you to repeat after me. There's gonna be two elements of this prayer. The first part is surrender to Jesus. So if this is the first time you prayed this prayer, this will be an opportunity for you to receive Jesus as the Lord of your life. For those of you that have already made that commitment, you will only be reinforcing that decision to follow Jesus. And the second part of this prayer will be for you to receive victory and overcome in areas that you've been Battling in your life. So let's bow our heads and repeat after me Heavenly Father, I open my heart to you. I believe in my heart that you sent Jesus to die for me. I believe in my heart that he raised from the dead to give me new life. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. Jesus, I believe you died for me. Come into my heart and be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me for all of my sins and make my life what you want it to be. Jesus, I believe in you. Set me free from every sin. Deliver me. Help me to be a conqueror an overcomer in Jesus name now whatever you're dealing with that you need to overcome just in your heart speak it out in the name of Jesus Jesus help me to overcome and then speak it out whatever it is in the name of Jesus help me overcome lust in the name of Jesus help me overcome pride in the name of Jesus help me overcome addiction just speak it out right now in Jesus name I do thank you for everyone that's come today. Father, I declare over this body of believers that they are more than conquerors, that they are world overcomers in this life, and that you set them free from the power of sin, from the power of Satan, and from the influence of this world, so that they will know how to live godly in this present age. In Jesus' name, we give you praise. Amen. Well, let's worship Him this morning. The prayer team will be up here in a little bit to pray with anyone that needs prayer. Thank you so much for being so attentive to the Word.
0: Oh, you split the sea so I could walk right through it. My ears were drowning in burn. Rescued me so I could stand and say I am a child God. I'm no longer a slave.
2: follow Jesus today, or you just need prayer for something, we would love to pray with you, to agree with you, to stand with you, and to encourage you. So we really encourage you guys um, to come up for prayer after service. Um, And I just have one announcement or reminder. After service, we do have Refuge Life. It's not too late to sign up. If you want to get more involved here at Refuge, if you want to serve and become a volunteer, Refuge Life is the next step. And so we'll have lunch. You'll be able to hear from our pastors, from other leaders here at Refuge. And there is child care also provided if you need that as well. So be blessed. We hope you guys have an awesome week. Enjoy the beautiful day today. It's going to be beautiful. Uh, you guys are dismissed. We love you.